My guest on this episode of Going Upstairs, the Open Up Cricket podcast, is Hassan Mahmood, who is a consultant psychiatrist who has recently written a chapter in the book Case Studies in Sports Psychiatry. So what we're going to talk about is what he discovered during the research for his chapter, as well as his general thoughts on the links between cricket and mental health, whether that be from a mental health and fitness perspective, aspirational mental health, or whether that is in fact from the position and the viewpoint of declines in mental health and mental illness, which of course can affect all of us. And what we discuss without taking too much away from the conversation is the quite peculiar demands, particularly for international cricketers, about their schedule and their work-life balance or lack of. And what I found fascinating over years of starting to look at cricket and cricketers from a different perspective is how we just need to understand more about what their workload is and the reality of being on the road so much. It's not necessarily giving sympathy, it's just understanding that for players to perform at the top of their game when they're playing in a different country, there is a lot that goes on behind the scenes which needs to coordinate to enable them to do that. And maybe if we move towards a kinder outlook in sport and society, when players don't quite get it right, right away from home we may be able to just have a little bit of a detection that there is lots of factors at play there and really it's a case that although it's our entertainment it's their lives and the entitlement that perhaps we have as sports fans for these players of our national team to be performing at the very top all the time is perhaps a a misguided uh, desire given all of the pressures that are there. But perhaps from a mental fitness perspective, we're able to view those who are able to perform heroic, epic feats. Maybe we see them with even more respect, having been able to deal with the the challenges that are there. And just some that have come to mind and and come to mind during the, the, the discussion of that. Of course, there's the very simple but very powerful element of these players being away from home for extended periods of time. I don't know what uh, what you're like, uh, the listener, whether you experience homesickness when you're away from home or a bit of just anxiety about what's going on whilst you're away. But if that was something which was within you on a minor level, that could quite easily be exaggerated over a period of weeks and indeed going into months. There is, of course, not only just being away from home, but you've got your job to do as well. You've got to adapt to different conditions, challenging conditions. We always talk about the beauty of test cricket is that it is so different compared to the conditions, uh, when we compare the conditions, sorry, across different parts of the world, whether it be the heat and the bouncy pitches in parts of Australia to the dusty spinning wickets in the subcontinent, um, and so on and so on. There's also, of course, the media focus, and quite rightly, people are being paid well. They should be held accountable for what they do, but that can become very intrusive with the rise and rise uh, of social media, and no surprise that we're seeing players taking a step back or, or having times where it's very clear that they're uncomfortable with what's what's happening on there. And 
these players will see little of the world around them. The hotel, the training facilities, the match. There isn't built in too many opportunities to see the great sights or to holiday. But that is still something which we maybe fall into a trap of doing, seeing it as them being on on a holiday because the weather's nice um, and maybe equate their experience of playing out there with the experience we might have as a fan. I know that's just me speaking and that's an instinctive reaction. The more I think about it, I realise that that's a pretty daft way to, to look at it. And there are players still left who are merging more than one format of the international game who are playing test match cricket, ODIs and T20s. Or even if they're playing just two of those, the time demands that are involved there and the tour schedules often going from one place to another with very little time to break is something that is going to be uh, an issue. And Hassan later on will mention what he he has found and what he believes and some recommendations or ideas for how the international game particularly can be managed a little bit better. So before we go into that conversation, I would recommend checking out the book, but also looking at any kind of information around the demands that these guys have on tour from the two perspectives. One, to see what signs are there that that there are for us, which we can adapt into our lives, of techniques which are used to maximise their performance, so looking at their mental skills, um, but also to look at things which we might be able to notice and see and, and just understand that a bit more about very peculiar environment that they're in, which will be very different to most people's experience of playing cricket. So, over to Hassan, and I hope you enjoy this. to do here is talk about cricket in particular but the field of sports psychiatry and really what um, is seen as the challenges uh, and the issues that are most uh, prominent in this area so first of all Hassan welcome good evening Mark thank you very much for having me today no pleasure thank you for, for joining me so just to start off with can you give me a little bit of a, a of of a background as to your route into the field of psychiatry and then how sport and cricket in particular has interacted with that? Sure. So I work as a consultant psychiatrist in Birmingham and I've always had an interest in mental health. And um, in terms of sports psychiatry, I'll go into that, but I'd like to go further back to when I was a child, Mark. Um, I've enjoyed following cricket since 1992 when I was seven years old. While sport can bring a number of benefits to mental health, for many years there have been examples of cricketers who have suffered from mental health difficulties and I've had an interest in the mental health of elite cricketers since I was a medical student or perhaps, perhaps even just before that. At that time I hoped there would be a better system to support cricketers with mental health difficulties. Sports psychiatry is an established field within the United States of America. In our country here in the United Kingdom, the SEPSIG group, which is a sports and exercise psychiatry special interest group formed in 2015, which really excited me. And I was privileged to attend the initial meeting. The group consists of a number of experts from around the United Kingdom, and it's a great place to see how people use their expertise to promote positive mental health outcomes for people. Okay, so within that, there'll of course be people who focus on 
all kinds of different sports and I'm sure that there is um, there's overlap uh, across there but what is it particularly that you you see in the relationship with between cricket and mental health because our sport's got so many unique features and often when um, mental health and sport is is talked about cricket is something which is easily accessible for people to to reference so from your perspective what is it about cricket and mental health which makes it such a fascinating topic well mark although it's a hypothesis it's been suggested in literature that cricketers given the unique nature of the game and spending considerable periods of time away from home may be especially prone to developing depression now we know that cricket is a game that's played across the year now this is unlike say two decades ago especially since advent of t20 cricket we know that players understandably want to safeguard their financial futures with T20 cricket, especially by playing in leagues. I've seen that tours are packed into smaller timeframes. As a result of all this, players are away from their loved ones for lengthier periods of time now than in past decades. Statistics within the, support, within the sport of cricket are clear for everyone to see, which can be quite difficult, especially for a player if they're struggling. For example, if a batsman averages 15 across several test matches in a series, there's a chance it may be dropped even if the team is winning. I always think about it in the context of a test match. A team may um, concede 600 runs over two days um, and the opening batsman might then come in just before the close of play and get out for a duck. That player then has to spend a considerable amount of time reflecting on their performance, especially if they have no direct role to play for some time to come. If that player then feels on the boundary and doesn't bowl, it can be a very lonely place to be. I always think about big moments as well within sport. There can be big moments in a game or tournament within cricket that can be reflected on for years to come. For example, drop catches, missed stumpings or being run out at a crucial stage. Yeah, and I think everyone listening in their viewing of the top level of cricket can see and, and feel almost examples of where players have been, in a sense, isolated in their, their performance when things haven't gone well, particularly if they're doing, uh, doing poorly in a team that, that otherwise is successful. And all the way down through cricket to the grassroots, people can identify with that statistical element of cricket, which separates people, can separate people, quite drastically between those who are perceived to have succeeded and those who um, have not. So with all those things in the, in the background, particularly around the, the international cricketers that you're referring to there, how did this lead into the, the chapter um, which you have present in the case studies in sports psychiatry? But what was the thrust of what you were looking at um, in, in that context? Well, Mark, the opportunity came out of the blue, if I'm honest. Um, Dr. Amy Mystery is one of the editors of the book, along with Dr. Tom McCabe and Dr. Alan Curry. So Amy contacted me and asked me whether I was interested to write the cricket chapter for Case Studies in Sports Psychiatry. I was pleasantly surprised and very excited. And of course, I said yes and agreed to take the opportunity. The book is the first of its kind, which draws on lived experience from professional athletes and brings together the latest evidence-based research on severe mental illness recognition and management within elite sports. The book covers a range of case studies amongst a variety of sports, so it really is something that would encourage people to read. Okay, yeah, and, and I think 
uh, from what I've seen in, in the reviews of it, there's, there's people have got perspectives on, on the book in terms of saying, I think one that I read said it's from someone who has no interest in sport but found the case study captivating. And then people who have sporting backgrounds able to see the sport through a, through a different lens there. Now, you focused on that, that top end of the sport. Uh, within the chapter and everything that you've, you've studied and worked on around that, what are those big impacts um, that, that have found and, and on these players? And what do you think therefore needs to be looked at a little bit more? Okay. So firstly, I'd like to say it was a real pleasure to write the chapter. And of course, I can't give away the full details. Um, the cricket chapter, though, is titled Cricket Mental Health Emergencies. It outlines a case study of a cricketer who develops mental illness it highlights that a person could develop mental health difficulties at any time, but it's by ensuring that the person has the right support at the right time, which includes cricketers. I would really encourage healthcare professionals, cricketers, coaches, and support staff to read the chapter as it highlights an example of the presentation and management of a person with mental health difficulties. Okay. Uh, and if you were to be able to wave a magic wand or, or equivalent and look at two or three keys which you would want people to to consider both in terms of policy making but just the general management of international cricket from a mental health perspective what would you what would you focus on there this is an area that i'm extremely passionate about mark so i'm really glad that you asked this question as a general but crucial point it it's vital to have an open culture where cricketers can talk about their feelings with decreased stigma. I really think that we've come a long way in the last couple of decades, Mark. Players are now able to talk more openly about mental health difficulties. However, as with anything in life, I think we can still improve. As teammates, coaches or support staff, if you have concerns about players' welfare, for example, if they're isolating themselves from teammates, maybe not enjoying their cricket as much as usual, perhaps you notice they have bags under their eyes to indicate they're sleeping poorly. They may not be eating or drinking as much as usual. Or on the other hand, they may be consuming, for example, greater quantities of alcohol than usual. Then you can help. The ways you can do this are as follows. So be a listening ear. Put a proverbial arm around them, although not directly as is COVID, and show them empathy. It's really important to show that you're there to provide support. Um, I would also say that some people think that it's about identifying people who they think might be predisposed to mental health difficulties. It's really important to remember that sometimes people who are normally the life and soul of the party may be under enormous strain and pressure and might be experiencing mental health difficulties. And given what I've discussed in detail today, I'd like to see several things occur in the world of cricket. The first thing I think that should happen is there should be consideration for players having adequate rest from a mental health perspective. When I was younger, around 20 to 25 years ago, there were distinct cricket seasons for countries. Understandably, players want to safeguard their financial futures with the advent of T20 leagues, but if it's not possible to reduce the amount of cricket played, I'd like to see players being supported to take breaks for the mental health. There have been some positive examples of boards supporting their players to do this in the past year, which is really encouraging. I'd also like to say that COVID has been a really difficult time. Some people have lost their loved ones and some have suffered mental health difficulties. In terms of cricketers, on the flip side, 
you really do wonder whether some cricketers have breathed a sigh of relief. You've been able to take a break from the treadmill of world cricket. The second thing is it's important to remember it's a team game. Some people forget it's not just about the 11 players in the field, but about the whole squad. During modern day tours, um, there are less side games now as compared to the past. And there are less chances for people outside the main 11 to play. It's important, to, it's important that we remember the mental health of reserve players as well as those who are on the field. Another thing I'd like to see is to see research conducted into the potential effects of regular touring and social media on the mental health of cricketers. Mark, we know the social media is a double-edged sword, don't we? When a team's winning and a player's performing, you can be champion as the best player in the world. When the team's losing and a player's struggling, they can be castigated as a poor player and people can make calls for a player to be dropped. I'd also like to conclude by saying I'd like to see a global focus on the mental health of cricketers. The Players Cricket Association in England, Cricket Australia, who have been very um, proactive and will be appointed mental health lead, and New Zealand Cricket all have structured mental health support. Whilst all elite cricketers face pressure, it's important to understand that players in some parts of the world who, who may not be paid as well could have anxiety about being dropped and potentially what effect it could have on their families. Yeah, and, and I think as we're listening to that, each of those points in turn make sense to the, to, to the layperson in terms of what would be considered good practice for looking after um, your mental health in general, not being overloaded with, with work, having adequate breaks, looking after people around you, and also having some element of control over what social media can can do and like you say it is that double-edged sword where it's brilliant for players to be able to interact with the the general public um of course within that people are going to express views and, and opinions that are positive as well as uh, as negative but when someone's perhaps already uh, struggling to cope with what's going on that can be something which can be uh, uh, introduce an element of, of feeling overloaded. You, you've mentioned that the that the, the foot there about things which um which have been done or are being done already. Particularly, we see examples in the UK, Australia, and in and in New Zealand. So, if we wrap this up in terms of the positives, what can um what, what can be done across the world game, which you think would be able to build in the kind of support which is essential for these these performers? I think it's really important to acknowledge that the cricket playing countries across the world require different approaches. Um, cricket is played across a variety of countries and uh, which have a variety of cultures. So it's about acknowledging that. Um, it's about understanding that um, across the world there is stigma in relation to um, people with mental health difficulties and it's about trying to overcome that stigma. I guess it's up for the relevant, it's up to relevant authorities to decide how they go about this. I think uh, maybe some kind of global health, mental health policy, um, which could be initiated by those who run the game. Um, for example, cricket players appearing in advertisements talking about mental health. I think that'd be a really uh, positive thing to do and would encourage players uh, from across the world to discuss any mental health difficulties they may have. I think that'd be a good starting point. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I've always held that view and, and feel that it benefits on uh, on a few different levels. One, the people receiving that communication can see that the um, if it can happen to these top stars, then it can happen to anyone, that kind of approach. But also I feel for the players that are closer in proximity to the international stars can see amongst their peer group that this is something which can be talked about and indeed should be talked about. But for the people themselves contributing to those adverts or promotions or campaigns, they can also themselves get um, a feeling of, 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 yeah, of, of, of good mental well-being through, through giving something back. So there's plenty that can be taken on um, with there. And I remember looking at a great example from, from some years back over in Australia with their rugby league players doing um, a doing a, a similar, similarly focused campaign on the importance of talking about, about mental health and, and, and when there's problems that arise with it. And I think that really struck me as, as a sort of an outsider as, as being really powerful. So I think, yeah, within our game, it can be, can be sort of developed definitely uh, along with that. So uh, thank you very much for, for your, your time, Hassan. Um, is there anything that you'd like to say sort of overall in conclusion or to direct us back towards the book which i would say to people if you've got an interest in this area it's stuffed full of things from not only cricket but other sports and can really get you thinking about the role that sport has with mental health and and the interchangeable nature of it firstly um, or lastly rather than mark i'd like to say um, thanks very much for having me on it's been great um in terms of the book, I'd really appreciate it if people could have a read of the book. Um, those who will be listening into this podcast will have an interest in cricket. Please have a read of the cricket chapter. But there are other chapters in the book which um, cover a range of case studies across a variety of sports. We've discussed cricket and mental health in great detail. I hope you found it useful. Excellent. That's brilliant. Thank you for your time and I look forward to chatting again soon. Thank you, Mark. Have a look in the show notes wherever you found this podcast for a link to purchase the book as well as some other articles which are connected to what we've been talking about. Until next time, thanks very much. Hey.